Psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. interested in being regulated by the state, manipulated by the state. The state should stand down. Ah, I love that part. Keep it going. Yeah, they'll deal with it. You guys will deal with it. Hey, I made that song, okay? And I'm goddamn proud of it, all right? So you'll endure. You'll endure those minute and 30 seconds of goddamn goodness. Muse and the, you know, great minds of Terrence McKenna, Graham Graham, uh, Hancock, Jason Silva, the great George Carlin we got in there. Man, I was, you know, I was like so excited to start this podcast and like putting together the intro song. Like I love a huge, I'm a huge fan of music. So putting together the intro song, I was like, okay, I can do this. This will be cool. But like the first one that I made was like 10 minutes long. It had like every single person that's ever said anything positive about psychedelics clipped into this Muse song. And I was like, all right, I can't. This just can't be like this will just be the whole podcast. It'll just be like, hey, listen to this song and then get out of here. (laughs) Exactly. They're tuning in to hear you speak. They don't care what other people have already said. They already agree with that. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think about that shit? All right. Well, anyway, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Mike Adelic. Um, We uh, today's what Friday. Uh, I don't even know what day it is. It doesn't matter because time doesn't exist and we're not even really here. So Dana. Yes, sir. Glad to have you here. Usually Maddie's here. Um, you know, fuck him. Anyway, so... no. <laughs> he had to go hang out with his girlfriend. Ugh, what a sissy. I know. We're, no, I'm just... That's, Total that's, puss. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably homo. Anyway, so Dana, so... So we were talking... We were chatting. Actually... I was watching the Louis J. Gomez fucking uh, real ass podcast. Oh, were you? Like, I don't know. Sometimes randomly I'll just click in and join the chat and like, you know, but I happened to click in at the point when 
uh, all you idiots were talking about mu- doing mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And then then all of a sudden the conversation shifted to like shoving weed in your ass or something like that. Right. What right. the hell was that all about? Well, um, we were just uh, how did it even come about? I, I don't even remember. But what it what it boiled down to is we were trying to figure out how to get weed into Zach's ass because... Because Zach loves putting things in his ass. Right, and at the moment he didn't have anything (laughs) in his ass and it was starting to bother him. So uh, I thought to myself, Uh. well, you know, it's the same sort of tissue in your whole digestive tract, so maybe the weed butter would be the best way, you know, if you turn it into a suppository. Turns out I was right because I'm a fucking genius. And that's when I came in the chat and said weed (laughs) butter, you know, get that joke there. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Outstanding. Right. That's what I do. I make outstanding little quips mm. from time to time. Well, so that's cool. So then, so you have, uh, you have some experience in this, in this field. Yes. I, um, I mean, if, if I, let me think. Yeah. At this point I have been partaking in most drugs for more than half my life. Although at this point I've scaled it back to really just smoking weed and I drink occasionally and I don't think anyone really classify those as drugs. Wow. But I did just go through two prescriptions because, mm. oh, what an unbelievable coincidence. My back just went out earlier and it does that periodically. So I get really good prescriptions from doctors, but I'm not much of a pill taker. But I was bored for the past four months because, you know, I'm sort of half employed. So I had a prescription for oxycodone, which is gone now. Mm. It was fantastic. And I do lament that it's gone. But I also had a prescription for diazepam, which I got to be honest, I wasn't impressed with. That didn't stop me from taking it. I only have four pills left out of 60. But, you know, mostly it just puts me to sleep. And that's, you know, staying awake while I was on it wasn't making me feel altered at all. It just put me to sleep. And I'm not about that. I don't have trouble going to sleep. So, yeah. And that's... um Wow, that's 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 great. Uh, well, sorry to hear about your your back and everything, but I mean that's some great info that you just kind of like provided because I mean, look, there's a lot of people that are suffering with pain. You know what I mean? And I, I'm sure that the doctors probably didn't hesitate one second to subscri- uh, subscribe, uh, prescribe, or prescribe, yeah, subscribe, yeah. subscribe to the show. By the way, if you want to uh, prescribe. Oxycodone, right? Oxycontin. Yeah. Yep. What was ox? I remember oxycontin because I remember I used to yes. kind of fuck around with that. I've done that too. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't, I'm not a big fan, but uh, shout out to all the troops in Afghanistan that are protecting those poppy fields. Right. Thank you uh, for providing the big farm industry with what we need. But that's 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 kind of you know part of the problem. Uh, tune in later at six. Mm, but uh, yeah, that's kind of part of the problem because look, it's just so fucking easy. To go, oh, you have pain? All right, oxycodone, oxycontin, here, take this. And I mean, essentially, I mean, it's just like heroin. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, that's that was the interesting thing. I I have two thoughts on that. First of all, as far as oxycontin goes, you know, I've done that, well, uh, several times as... kind of downplaying it but um okay you used to be an addict <laughs> no no it, i mean i i did it a lot i definitely was never an addict but i never really enjoyed it but oxycodone was a, like a lesser effect of it but still the same the same kind of chill factor but mm-hmm. not as intense so i liked that a lot better uh so that's the first thing i have to say and the second thing about it is that when it comes to um you know, anyone who has back problems knows, like, what you need is an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. And oxycodone is not that. Like, it, it will... And, and as I recall, it didn't even touch the pain I was in because it was so bad. 
Uh, so really, the doctor was just giving me pills to get me out of there. Yeah. When if he was doing his job, he would have said, go home, take some... Um, Uh, uh, ibuprofen Uh take like 800 milligrams because the idea is you want the swelling in the muscles to go down and that's a completely different drug. That's well, like- he was he was doing his job because it's it's. Uh, I was watching an episode of Anthony Bourdain, uh, mm. Parts Unknown, and he was talking to a woman in um, some town in like Western Massachusetts where the heroin epidemic has really like exploded. And the problem is that like because a lot of people were have been prescribed these drugs that they then. Um, you know, can't get a hold of them anymore right. because now it's a little bit harder or whatever and they're, they're kind of cracking down on just who they're prescribing it to. Uh, so they're switching to heroin because it's just easier yeah. to get heroin. Um, and the, the lady that he was talking to uh, who was a doctor was saying that her training in, in like medical school, they were just trained to just prescribe it just as much as you can, just relieve the pain. Like the most important thing is relieving the, the pain of the, of the patient and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's very interesting and you know, it's like there's there's a lot of other kind of ways that we can go about relieving pain, you know, relieving trauma. And this will actually segue into something that I want to talk about because, you know, obviously Prince died. And then, uh, you know, that was kind of a big news story. Like, I guess it was last week. Um, but uh, it, it said that I think that they're saying now that uh, he had an op- uh, opioid uh, medication uh, at the time of his death. Interesting. Yeah. So I haven't really like I haven't really read too much about this. Yeah, me either. I did see that and it said that he had prescription pills on him, but yeah. they have not said yet whether it's an overdose, although I haven't checked the news today, so Yeah, point, and they're knows? and they're saying that also he was diagnosed with AIDS six months before he died. You know, so there's different sources. There's all these different sources that are saying things. I mean, that came from the Daily Mail. I don't know how, mm. how good that is, but you know, there's a lot of different stuff out there. And it just like I feel like this this is like a kind of a common theme a lot of times when a public figure passes away earlier than you know earlier than expected that it's always kind of linked to some kind of drug or some kind of thing you know what I mean right. and you and most of the time it it is kind of like a prescription pill addiction and mm-hmm. oftentimes you know we're taught that like you know when we when we grow up we're taught in in our you know our great uh, public education curriculums that uh, that you know, doctors are good people and they give you medicine to heal you and that, you know, this is the Western way of doing things is the 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 best way of doing it because we have science and it's all, you know, very materialistic and rational and everything like that. But uh, but then oftentimes like, you know, and then and then these other drugs get kind of, you know, demonized these other kind of holistic natural kinds of ways of of dealing with pain you know uh, Mm -hmm. marijuana um, mdma psilocybin mushrooms uh, you know ayahuasca is another one that uh, has been known to heal a lot of people's uh, ailments and things like that boga you know the list goes on there's a lot of traditional native kind of plant medicines and things like that 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 are just off the like totally not in the realm of even possibly talking about in terms of uh you know most mainstream like doctors and scientists 
So it's just, it's sad to see, especially like when a celebrity, well, I mean, when anybody really, but I think in our culture, we're so conditioned to think that like celebrities are like better than us or something. You know, I think like maybe the average person, you know, looks at like a person who's on TV or who sells a lot of records or something like that, like, oh, their life must be just like fantastic. You know what I mean? Like it must just be like ecstatic from like the second they, you know, started like playing an instrument or started acting in a movie and then, you know, fans are throwing themselves at them. So they, they must be living just such a great life, you know, and then we've seen, you know, Robin Williams, you know, Prince, I'm sure some other schmucks have died, you know, but it's just like, you know, these people are oftentimes suffering from a lot of pain. Um, a lot of like, you know, I mean, well, it's gotta be very lonely. It's definitely gotta be lonely. I think, I think that, I think that, you know, a, a lot of like the values that we place, on on things in our society on in the, the the culture kind of like creates this kind of like almost you know sociopathic like nature you know where where it's just like you know get money move to the top and don't um you know don't worry about anything else do you hear something yeah you can you can go if you need to i think i can command the ship right uh oh oh things are getting out of control now no but I think that uh, I think that it's it's really, you know, it's really sad because it's like you know we're kind of sold this false bill of goods in in mainstream uh, in mainstream culture that if you do X Y and Z that you'll be okay and if you have a little problem don't worry about it because you can take you know Wellbutrin or you can take you know this thing or that thing and you know it's oh it's perfectly normal because you see the commercials and it's all like. Oh, just, you know, a little, little, uh, sad little rain cloud. Just like all you need is just a little one of these things and you'll be, you'll be skippy in no time, you know, and they make it seem like it's just completely normal, you know, and I'm trying to connect the dots between this, you know, really when we look at like the, these kinds of problems, I mean, on part of the problem, we talk about, you know, the problem, um, that mainstream culture and the political class and, and has in terms of how they're, you know, suppressing freedom and, and liberty. And this is the same thing. I mean, it's in, in, in a different area, in a different sense, but it's all connected. It's all an entangled web of the same kind of problem. So instead of putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, which is the prescription to everything, you know, politics and health and wellness and all that stuff, it's really what we have to do is kind of like get to the core root of things. And as Peter Schiff always would say, you know, take the medicine, you know, take the medicine, the necessary medicine. Um, it's, it might not be good, but it's the necessary thing that, that we need right now. So, so Dana left to go kill herself, I guess, because, uh, she's just in too much pain, <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm charging on, but I, I really, you know, this, this whole kind of prescription pill, big pharma epidemic, it seems like this is very similar to the way in which the average person, when asked about their political affiliations or what they feel about government, will say, well, you know, it's all a bunch of corrupt politicians. Ah, what are you going to do? You know, they have the same kind of feeling when it comes to, you know, big pharma, if you will, you know, oh yeah, they're just, you know, prescription pills. I mean, we all, we all see the commercials. We all see what, what goes on and, you know, we all see people suffering uh, and, and trying to, you know, keep covering it up with different things. So 
you know, I, I just think that, you know, right on what we'll get to right now is basically, uh, you know, I think part of the solution for, you know, correcting these kinds of problems, for getting people the real help that they need um, is our, our places like, and I, I can't promote this place enough, uh, MAPS, um, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And there's other good uh, ones out there too. I mean, there's other good institutes. The, the Hefter Institute is another one that's uh, Dennis McKenna's um, institute. But recently, uh, the uh, DEA uh, has ju- have just approved uh, marijuana to be studied uh, to treat soldiers with PTSD. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, th- I mean, it's really, I mean, this is like, like, th- this is like the way in, you know what I mean? Like, this is like the way that we get like, you know, marijuana and like all these kinds of natural plants and psychedelics into like the mainstream culture is and it's weird you know i wrote like a thing about this on my facebook wall because it's just so fucking strange that i mean this is great news you know what i mean really great but it's just really weird that it's almost like we had to kind of go down this path of horrible unjust wars and killing and death and suffering you know so that now we have this problem that kind of can't be ignored with all these veterans, you know, who are, you know, committing suicide by record numbers. I mean, more veterans commit suicide each year in this country than have been killed in active duty overseas. I mean, it's it's absolutely 100% totally uh, officially insane. I mean, you can't say that that's not, there's not something wrong there, you know? So... <clears throat> It's just strange that we had to kind of go down that that road in order to get to where we need to be now with being with having you know marijuana be allowed to be studied and, and things like that. Well, I, I'm I'm sure we can blame the prohibition, which what is it's almost a hundred years old at this point, making it completely illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it couldn't even be looked at to see if it had any benefits. You know, I think wasn't it just like the the paper industry and the cotton industry that were trying to really lobby to keep hemp down yeah and you know it's not hard to do that when you also have people with a lot of racist tendencies in office you know because that that was that was you know another kind of influence too because it's like oh you know these these evil you know uh, mexicans and black people they're gonna smoke reefer and they're gonna take your woman away and you know you these these (laughs) like you know these good good clean old white politicians back in the in the back in the day you can't have that kind of stuff going on so yeah it's it's real easy to kind of legislate hey tobacco doesn't make you you know doesn't tobacco doesn't you know tobacco probably alters your consciousness in a in a certain kind of way so does you know caffeine and you know alcohol and you know certain kinds of prescription drugs and stuff but that's like it's the allowable kind of you know this relates uh to the great you know Tom Woods. You know, here I am on a podcast talking about psychedelics and and bringing up Tom Woods. I mean, the the libertarian author, conser- uh, you know, just a, a Christian guy, uh, Tom Woods. So, but he makes such a great point when he says this three by five allowable opinion, this index card of three by five of allowable p- opinion. You know, where you can't stray from one one side to the other. You're not allowed to explore the boundaries. You know, past that or whatever. And it's just, it's really 
that's what how these kinds of approved drugs by you know the government they go okay these drugs allow you to be on this piece of paper they don't permit you to go beyond that so they're en- they're enough to kind of like get you know you get drunk you wake up you have a little bit of hangover you go on with your day nobody gets drunk and has epiphanies like oh my god we're all one and i love everyone you know what i mean so because that is bad for the established order of things you know they, they don't want people to be running around out of control thinking on their own they want you to be smart enough to kind of go about your daily tasks to do what you need to do and I, you know i'm not the first person to say this i think you know bill hicks had, has a little bit about this too uh, he's but, got like cds dedicated to that yeah exactly i mean the great bill hicks you know but uh it's just you know just imagine if like you know, so we know now, and I talked about this last last time on the podcast. We know now that the war on drugs was basically a way; it was just you know concocted to be like, okay, look, you know, Nixon and, and his and his people, they're like, we got a we got a problem here. People are opposed to the Vietnam War. You know, there's a lot of opposition to the government. You know, there's this, these civil rights leaders. There's all this kind of stuff. So we can't. They're, they're like, we can't just go around just arresting people because they're black and because they oppose the war. So let's criminalize the behaviors that they partake in. So that is now a fact that is known. It's out there. You can you can Google it and and search and find out that those words were said that the war was on drugs was made up to arrest anti-war hippies and black people. And but just I mean, like, just imagine if we if they had won that war, you know, instead of the the state winning that war. I mean, where we would be today with the kind of research into these psychedelic drugs and to marijuana and things like that. You know, it's it's we we could have avoided all the other catastrophes that have happened since. But that is the power of the state. That is the the kind of militaristic, industrial, reductionist, scientific order of things. It needs to be, you know, pushed on for for, for some crazy fucking reason. Um, well, I mean, it, it generates so much money, don't you think? Sure, it does. It's it's you know, what I mean, it's it's um, it's kind of those weird. It's a weird kind of like paradox, you know, like it, it makes you think like if. Like what if like what if all of a sudden there's you know what if that they did happen and we're living in some kind of alternate reality right where we're where now I'm complaining about big weed <laughs> oh big weed they have a stranglehold on the industry they're you know they they're ruining the way that weed should be grown because really I mean it's just like you know, absolutely what is that saying it's a uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely if you and I always like to give this example of it it's like you know when Apple started out they were the little guy and they were they were showing commercials and advertisements saying Fight Big Brother. This is an Orwellian nightmare that we're living in. IBM controls the marketplace. And now, who controls the marketplace? Apple controls the marketplace. They've become the thing. So you know, that was actually always my argument against legalizing marijuana. Yeah. Because uh, once once it's for sale anywhere, it can be taxed. And so that just you know drives up the price of it. Plus, I never really had a problem getting it. I I mean it's it's kind of moot now because it's becoming legal and I think ultimately that's for the for the good but you know at the time when I would talk to my friends I'm like are we having any trouble getting it are the ca- cops hassling us I mean we're all a bunch of white people why do we care Yeah I mean it's, you make a good point it's just like it's sad though that that's the case I mean yeah I mean look like I'm Oh not sure go- I, I, if I was black I'd probably have a much different opinion Oh of course of course of course definitely but I mean it's you know I I I think that 
look, I think that we we need to be careful. We need to take the necessary steps. Yes, like let's legalize it right now. Like let's let's take the statist kind of action that needs to be taken because we still work within that kind of framework. But ultimately, I would like to see no regulation, no state control. Just leave people up to their their free choices. Let them voluntarily interact with each other and trade and 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 kind of have a self-governing kind of one of my favorite books that I've that I've read recently is this book Future Perfect by a guy named Stephen Johnson. And you know in the book he talks about this kind of world that we're moving towards, this world of decentralized peer-to-peer networks of ratings and reviews and things like that. You know, we have Yelp, we have Airbnb, we have Uber. We have all these kind of self um, correcting little localized groups where we can say we can vet people. We can, you know, we can almost self we can self govern is really what we can do. So I would like to see things move in in that general direction rather than any kind of state control. But for now, I mean, if we have to go that route, you know, like Jason Stapleton always says on his show, you know, it's a game of inches. Just keep moving that ball forward, and eventually we'll get to the goal line and have total freedom and liberty. So we have to. You know, take what we can get, but that doesn't that doesn't uh, you know th- that doesn't like ex- not excuse, but like th- there's a moral argument to be made, and for some weird reason, the moral argument is see the scientific route is the way in. I think because if you can prove that marijuana and uh, MDMA and you know psilocybin LSD, if they if they can help people who are suffering in pain, especially veterans, you know soldiers with PTSD, that that is kind of something that we can stand on. For some reason, people say okay. Well, not for some reason. I mean, it's a great thing, but people are more willing to accept that than willing to accept me saying, well, uh, I own myself and it's my body and, and it's my mind and I can have the freedom to alter my consciousness in whichever way I choose as, all, as long as I'm not hurting anyone else. Yeah. And if some drugs were to remain legal, you know, ones that have no um, no uh, uh, positive benefits whatsoever, you know, something like crack. Uh, don't you think if other drugs were legal, it might move people away from the ones that are purely je- detrimental? Oh, yeah. hundred. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, the, like there was a great website, you know, the Silk Road. I'm sure it still operates. But, you know, this poor kid, Ross Ulbricht, who... I think, you know, was just made an example of by the state and, you know, locked in in a cage for a horrifically long time. Uh, Such a sad tragedy. Um, Me and Dave actually met his mom at uh, Liberty Fest and and spoke to her and everything. And it's just a terrible thing. But this guy just facilitated a marketplace. I mean, he just facilitated a marketplace where drug, like, yeah, you can buy drugs, you can do, you can get anything you want. And it all existed on the, on the kind of framework of ratings and reviews and trust. And it was, uh, it was this peer to peer exchange of, okay, this guy has 97 ratings and reviews. His LSD is, is actually very, very good. People enjoy it. He ships fast. It's well, you know, so it's, it's just, it eliminates all kinds of kind of, 
um, any kind of quote unquote legal framework that you would need. But yes, but you 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 would know right away, Dana. Like you would know, like this is pure stuff. Like I'm getting I'm getting uh, MDMA. I'm getting it. It's pure. I know it's pure. I'm not buying it from some kid. You know, at a concert, who's you know selling it to me, and I, I pop it and I take it, and I don't know what it is, and it and you know it could be most of the time it's like a caffeine pill, or it could even be meth. I mean, it could be heroin, it could be anything, but I mean, it's really we don't know the purity of these things. Oh, sure, I remember back in the day when I used to do a ton of ecstasy when it would come. Yeah, in when any, you used to shove ecstasy up your butt. That yeah, back back then yeah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Anytime I would get it in any other color than white or off white, I would have to question it. It didn't stop me because I was an idiot but I remember you know like blue pills and green pills and I did worry like what's going to happen to me and then I'd be like screw it I already paid for it I'm taking it but you never know and of course the you know to be honest they weren't as good a role because if it was off-white you knew that there was a good amount of heroin in it and if it was uh, more white you knew there was more MDA uh, MDA MDMA MDMA, yeah yeah. in it Um, so it just like yeah you certainly want to know that what you're about to take isn't going to kill you yeah, unless I think, that's what you're going in for. I think that would be a good thing. And there's awesome, um, you know, there's 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 ways now that you can go and you can get you can get testing kits and stuff like that. And there's there's this great uh, project called the Zendo Project, and they they are like um, harm reduction, psychedelic drug harm reduction. So they have like you know testing kits, and they have people that care for people, and they even set up sh- like sh- uh, little tents at like music festivals and stuff. So if you're like with a friend and they're having like a, a bad experience, you can take that. There. Yeah, I actually know someone uh, who ran one of those last summer, the summer before. Uh, he used to work at the um, Northeastern Institute of Cannabis, where I also worked uh, as an intern. And, um, you know, he, he left the institute to go. He was touring all around. He was like a big fish fan. So at first I thought he was just like a privileged, you know, rich kid. But it turned yeah. out he was doing this test. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm serving the greater good. And I didn't know about these things. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, look, I mean, look, it, 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 this is just like it's all applies to, you know, free market economics, liberty, freedom. It's all connected because if you can if you can apply, if you can do something for the greater good. This guy is is saying I can provide a value. I can help people. I can do a good. Is he getting paid for it or is um, it a volunteer thing? You know, I'm 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 not sure. Well, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some kind of profit to be made. So some kind of way that you know. I mean, look. I mean, when you're in the marketplace and these things are happening, like we were talking about the Silk Road before. I mean, look. The people that are selling the pure stuff, the good stuff, they're gonna get the most money. The people that are selling the bad stuff, they're not gonna get anything. So I mean, yeah. I mean, like it just makes total sense to have this be not a crime, not you know, to not criminalize people's habits and behaviors and personal preferences you know it's just it's ludicrous to think that you can stop somebody from doing something to themselves it's it's absolutely insane to say this is okay this isn't okay you know but once again i mean i want to stress this point i mean one of the main reasons that these uh types of, of drugs are kept illegal is because like the you know quote from the beginning of the show the intro song Terrence McKenna because they they erode the borders and the boundaries that have been set up in your mind carefully set up in your mind to to keep you in a state of somewhat of a uh, uh, um, conditioned control some conditioned path of 
you know, what we consider to be normal reality. You know what I mean? Is uh, maybe servitude. Yeah, I mean, it's it 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 is it is kind of like indent, like an indentured servitude almost. I mean, look, you know, when, there's there's this kind of you know, you you when you you're a kid, you go to school and. You know, most kids go to public school. I mean, you're being educated by the state. You know, then you're being regulated by the state, and you know all these things. So it's it's just it's not something that you know we want to be free people to have our own to make our own decisions to have good information to have these things not be criminalized. You know, to have these things be open and free. So. But this is actually a good sign that the DEA has approved the first ever marijuana study for veterans with PTSD. Now, Rick Doblin, who is the, the – this guy is like my hero, Rick Doblin, uh, the, the the head of MAPS. You know, he was on – I think it was the Duncan Trussell um, Family Hour Show podcast. And he was talking about how there is kind of now a change within – these government agencies that's happening too. They are now become, they're not necessarily the old kind of evil, you know, we're like, you know, we're, we're stomping out, but there's so many, there's so many problems still. I mean, there's so many people right now as we speak, I'm sure there's people getting thrown in the slammer for having a joint on them or something. So there's still a lot of problems, but this is a good, it's a good sign. It's a good step in the right direction. That's all that we can you know, that we can hope for because, you know, our sociopathic, parasitical, hierarchical, material, reductionist, dominator culture that we live in, uh, we're all in, indentured, you know, mental slaves. And, uh, you know, how could you not actually smile when the DEA approves the first marijuana study? So that's that's pretty cool. I mean, to say to see that happening, it's just it's uh, it's about goddamn time. Yeah, I, I feel it's. Um I don't know. It's a little unexpected. I, I guess. I guess for me, it's it's good, but unexpected because I am surprised at how quickly the ball has started to roll with um, the accept like um, public uh, accepting of weed suddenly. Yeah. You know. Look, I I completely agree with you. I mean, um, I, I was listening to another uh, interview with uh, with Dennis McKenna. Terrence McKenna's brother, who is the author of a book called The Brotherhood of the Screaming Abyss. Go check it out. It's awesome. And um, he was was saying how he's surprised how that, you know, how far we've come uh, in terms of having these things be more accepted. And I, I think that this is, you know, this is largely... I mean, a, a lot, almost all responsible because of the power. Like, look at what we're doing right now. I mean, nobody is telling me what I can and can't say. No one is telling me what to do. I, I, I can literally say whatever I want right now. And we're broadcasting out to as many people as whoever wants to listen to this can listen to it for free. There's no restrictions. There's no boundaries. All you need is an internet connection. And where can you get an internet connection? Pretty much almost every place in the world. You can go into a cafe if you don't if you don't have a computer. So look, the internet is is this is a huge component in opening people's eyes because you know like this is this is what happened with me, right? I mean, I I started to you know I grew up and I thought that the, all these drugs were bad and you know LSD and you know marrow. I always kind of thought that they were just you know bad things, and it wasn't until really that I read like. Steve Jobs biography where he talks about LSD being the most important thing that he's ever done in his life that I had like an epiphany and I was like wait a second 
if this like really super important successful guy is saying LSD was the most important thing that he's ever done in his life, then why was I told that like you'll go crazy and jump out of a window? Why is it? Why has this been demonized? Why has this been vilified? What's going on here? So then I, you know, I don't fucking know. You know, I I wasn't really exposed to this. You only know things. When you know, when you start to know them, right? It's like you don't. You know, I don't know. You don't know until you know. And no one had ever. It had never entered my life before. This kind of. So when I found that out, I started to do a little research. And you know, the the power of the of the free internet. I, I go online and I'm looking at some articles and some things, and I find out. Okay, there's this guy Timothy Leary, and I kind of heard about him. I kind of knew what he was all about, but I didn't really know about him. So then I'm looking into it. I'm like. Oh, okay. He was at Harvard, and he was studying this. Okay, where did wait? Where did LSD come from? Oh, it was invented by a scientist named Albert Hoffman. Okay, so this stuff was being studied professionally in scientific settings. This was being discussed by intellectuals and authors and Harvard professors. And I'm like, well, what? Wait a second. So. I thought these were bad drugs, though. And then it just opens up a whole can of worms, and you start realizing everything that you've ever known is just kind of bullshit. You know, it's just like it's it's all a lie. You have to start you have to start digging for the truth. You have to start finding out the truth. So you know, I got introduced to all these other guys like Terrence McKenna and you know Alan Watts and all like philosophers and. Uh, and, and and even more like spiritual kind of leaders, uh, Richard Alpert, who became Ramdas and wrote the book Be Here Now. And so I'm starting to like have like this mind explosion. And I'm like, well, wait, like what's what what exactly? Like, you know, it's, it's almost like I want to like march into like someone's office and be like, all right, tell me the truth here. What in the goddamn hell is going on? You know, and really, I mean, when you come to, when you come down to it, nothing in this world, no um no like higher order has any sort of authority greater authority than you you are as a as a free as a as the guest that we're going to have on part of the problem later we'll say adam kokash as a free beautiful independent human being you there's no greater person there's no greater authority of what to do with your life than you and what is right and wrong than you and that is something that Many people talk about. I mean, and we're going to connect the dots. I hope to connect the dots on this show. That's what this show is going to be about. So we'll talk about guys like Judge Andrew Napolitano, who is a you know a libertarian guy who is a, on Fox News. You know, he says nothing is more powerful than the primacy of the individual over the state authority. Terrence McKenna, direct experience with the individual, the primacy of direct experience is the most important thing. So no other higher order, no religion, no government, all of these institutions, all of these, you know, methods of control of, of behavioral control and you know, mind control. They they wanna they wanna you know they got a they got a game going on. It's pretty good. They're like, hey, play our game, follow our rules. Don't ask any questions. Shut up. You know, have a barbecue every Fourth of July, and then you know, go home and go to sleep. Fuck your wife. Whatever you're going to do. And it's just, but they they all tell you how things should be. They all tell you, and religion in particular will tell you this is the word of God. This is what happened. This is what all the things are for you to believe. And nothing nothing compares to direct experience. 
I I totally agree. That's actually what made me think of, uh, or what made me get into all of this in the first place, is that a lot of people that I knew were, you know, whatever, just like smoking weed or whatever, not like a big deal. I was a teenager, of course. And well, was, you were. The- <laughs> <laughs> I was too once. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, feels like a lifetime ago but at any rate you know I just these were people that were friends of mine and I respected them and you know my my mom whatever I grew up in a one-parent household my mom was total square and she you know I was like why does she make such a big deal out of it maybe she's seen some things but here are my friends doing stuff and they seem to be fine they seem to really enjoy it so why don't I just give it a shot see what it's about and I think you know moderation is the key to it but it like i'll be honest i actually just lost my train of thought i apologize well don't worry because i'll pick it right back up for you you're you're right i mean you're you're totally right moderation you know it's just it's weird because all you you're 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 told you're you're born into this world and all of a sudden immediately you start to get brainwashed you know that that is uh robert anton wilson uh another great author um it had 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 said something like that to that to that extent, and it's like, you know, it's it's true. I mean, you're just you're told the way that reality is by other people, so you start constructing a a way that the world will make sense to you, and that is you know a lot of and we all have the power to construct our own realities, and collectively together, we you know collectively create a reality that we can all you know participate in so we all believe start believing the same thing we all believe the same thing and then we just confirm those things with each other and we confirm those things with each other and you're living in like a weird like version of like the truman show almost you know what i mean where you're like wait a second is that sky gonna like crack open one day and like you know and and that is kind of what happens when you have the direct experience of you know five dried grams of mushrooms and silent darkness you know a heroic dose as terence mckenna would say and it's it's really like you know for me this all this all came together for me in like 2012 it was just like and it's kind of weird because everybody was talking about that like 2012 what's gonna happen in 2012 well you know what happened in 2012 for me I've discovered Ron Paul and LSD, and I don't know for some reason those two clicked for me. I mean, the, I could not, I could not deny it was something that I've always known in my gut, but now it was reaffirmed in reality. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are exactly like that. There's a lot of people that go, well, you know, politics. What are you gonna do? Ah, well, you know, what are you gonna do with this? And it's just like, look, you know, there's a lot of people out there that that know that shit's fucked up they just don't know how to articulate it they don't know they don't know how to put the like you know what to call it or what to classify it and you know my 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 thing is go online do the research we live in the best time to be alive right now you can literally like this computer that i have in front of me is literally like the philosopher's stone you know what i mean there's like the great like alchemists of all time are always searching for the philosopher's stone you know the 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 one thing that was going to just join everything i mean this is it it's the internet i mean go on the internet find out stuff learn things get your learn on and you could start to you know piece together don't listen to me don't listen to you know anybody else just go find out for yourself and and responsibly in the right way in the proper manner in the correct set and setting experiment and find out for yourself and make your own decisions and yeah for sure i mean 
you know, you know, one of the things that I learned early on as far as drugs went is that the whole joke about like peer pressure and all that, you know, that's what kids do. But as an adult, if I'm smoking a joint or whatever and I pass it to someone and they don't want it, then the next thing I do is just immediately move on to the next person. Because why in the hell, if an adult, you decide it's not for you, then why should you be made to do it? Exactly. It's not for everyone. But exactly. how else are you going to know unless you try it? And I have a lot of friends who go, you know, Mike, you're, you know, you're crazy, man. You take a lot of drugs and this and that, whatever. And it's because they're still operating from that kind of conditioned dare program kind of way of thinking. And, you know, it's it's like, look, I always say to people, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that if you feel like it calls to you, if you feel like it's something for you, then try it. If not, I always tell people when people ask me about psychedelics, I always tell people if you're afraid of doing them, then don't do them. Because you're going to have a bad experience. You you have to have some kind of open mind. You have to have some kind of you have to have the right mindset and you have to be in the right setting uh, to, to do them. Well, I think it's a lack of understanding of what exactly it is the psychedelics are doing to your mind, yeah. which is, you know, among other things, they are enhancing whatever you're feeling at the moment, which, you know, as soon as things go badly, Definitely. that's why you suddenly experience a bad trip because it's magnified. Yeah, 100%. And it's and that's why set and setting is so important. Be around the right people. Be with the right people. Be in the right place. You know, don't go take mushrooms and go to Times Square. I mean, I don't know, unless you want to freak, <laughs> just unless you want to like freak out. I don't know. I mean, some people get their rocks off doing that shit. Uh, no, I mean, not, not personally. Yeah, not, not personally for me. But yeah, I mean, lo- lose your mind though. And that's a good thing to do. Sometimes you have to go out of your mind and in order to kind of like, you know, evaluate what this whole thing we call mind is all about and everything's about and just, you know, it's 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 real. You know what I mean? There, it, even if it's not real, even if it's in your mind, it's still real. And Joe Rogan makes this point and I love that point that he makes. It's still real. It's real. And you can't like when, when you're in the presence of realness, you can't deny it. And I'm going to play this clip by Terrence McKenna and it's about eight minutes long and this is just going to play us out. So uh, this is the, the Terrence McKenna. It's called The Message. And it's on YouTube by Revolution uh, Love Love, I think is that, that's what it is. But I love this clip and it's, you know, just reiterates what I'm talking about. The power of direct experience, being in the presence of something that's real, trying something for yourself, you know, just the, getting out of your cultural conditioning, getting out of the, the you know, the people that want to, to shape and mold your mind and, and, and tell you the, the way to think and the way to do things. Um, so, you know, practice safety, you know, practice love and, and, and all that kind of stuff and, and be excellent to each other and party on dudes and Terrence McKenna will play us out. I didn't get into this business by being an airhead or a, or a screwball. My attitude was always, if it's real, it can take the pressure. You know, you don't have to pussyfoot around the real thing. If they're telling you, you know, oh, you must lower your voice and avert your gaze or this and that, then you're probably in the presence of crap. Because the real thing is real. It doesn't demand that you you adjust your opinion to suit it. It's real. That means it is preeminent. That means it sets the agenda. And I studied yoga. I wandered around in the East. 
fast I was fast shuffled by beady-eyed little men in doties. I know the whole spiritual supermarket and rigmarole, and and I I find nothing there to interest me on the level of you know five grams of psilocybin mushrooms in silent darkness. I mean that's where the pedal meets the metal. That's where the rubber meets the road. And the inspiration for me to get up and talk to an audience like this simply comes from the fact that I cannot believe that this could be kept under wraps the way it has. I mean, I kidded with you earlier that they would make sex illegal if they could. Well, they can't, so it isn't. But the psychedelic experience is as central to understanding your humanness as having sex or having a child or having responsibilities or or having hopes and dreams and yet it is illegal we are somehow told we are infantilized we're told you know you can wander around within the sanctioned playpen of ordinary consciousness and we have some intoxicants over here if you want to mess yourself up we've got some scotch here and some tobacco and red meat and some sugar and a little TV and so forth and so on. Uh, but but these boundary dissolving uh, hallucinogens that give you a sense of unity with your fellow man and nature are somehow forbidden. This is an outrage. It's a sign of cultural immaturity and the fact that we tolerate it is a sign that we are uh, living in a society as oppressed as any society in the past. My thing is not about my opinion or what I saw in Africa or anything like that. This is, get it straight, this is about an experience, not my experience, your experience. It's about an experience which you have like getting laid or like going to Africa. You must do the experience. Otherwise, it's, it's just whistling past the graveyard. And we're not talking about something like being born again or meeting the flying saucers or something like that where good works and prayer are the method. No, if you take a sufficient dose of an active compound, it will deliver itself to you on the money. If it doesn't work, take more. Nobody is in a position to dismiss this just because it didn't work for them on one or two tries. This is an art. It's an art. It's something you coax into existence. I mean, you have to learn to make love. You have to learn to speak English. Anything worth doing is an art that is acquired. This is part of our birthright, perhaps the most important part of our birthright. These substances will deliver. It is the confoundment of, of psychology and science generally. And that's why it's so touchy for cultural institutions. 
But you are not a cultural institution. You are a free and independent human being. And these things have your name written on them in big gold letters. Yes, here. The way I think of these psychedelics, or a different way, is that they're catalysts for the imagination. Catalysts to say what has never been said, to see what has never been seen, to draw, paint, sing, sculpt, dance, and act what has never before been done, to push the envelope of creativity and language. And what's really important is, I call it the felt presence of direct experience which is a fancy term, which just simply means we have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Don't watch TV. Don't read magazines. Don't even listen to NPR. Create your own roadshow. The, the, the nexus of space and time where you are now most immediate sector of your universe and if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else then you are disempowered you're giving it all away to icons icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that you know you you want to dress like X or have lips like Y or something this is this is shit brained this kind of thinking all cultural diversion and what is real is you and your friends and your uh, associations your highs your orgasms your hopes your plans your fears and we are we're told no we're unimportant we're peripheral get a degree get a job get a this get a that and then you're a player you don't even want to play in that game. You want to reclaim your mind and get it out of the hands of the cultural engineers who want to turn you into a half-baked moron consuming all this trash that's being manufactured out of the bones of a dying world. Where is that at? Yeah, over here. <laughs> 